On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. I'm April Ryan, and this week on the record, we have Senator James Lankford, and we're talking immigration and zero tolerance and all the repercussions and all the ripple effects surrounding it. Talk to me about what you think should happen and what you're proposing, what have you, um, because we're understanding this reunification process is chaos. Well, it, it's getting better because they're trying to be able to clean it up. But my, my issue is the default should always be that families are together. As often as we can get families together, we should have families together. And there are some exceptions, like if there's abuse or if there's a something else where there's a big issue, we should continue to keep families together unless there's a reason we can't. The hard part is this has become really complicated. Uh, some people are trying to make a really hard, complicated issue something overly simple, but this is something multiple presidents in a row have tried to struggle with. Uh, way back in 1997, a court in California said you can't uh, hold a child that comes uh, with an adult that illegally entered the country. You can't hold them in detention more than 20 days. Well, the problem with that is it takes about 35 days to do a hearing. So that means every time an adult comes and brings a child with them and they're picked up, then there's not enough time to do the hearing. And so you either release that family into the country as a family unit or you separate the families uh, where the adult is going to go through a hearing while the child is being separated. Both of those are bad options, actually. And every president since 1997 has tried to figure out what to do with that. And uh, that, that's been a tough one. This is the right. ugliness. This is the underbelly of our decent society, what's happening now. And I agree. Do you believe that the U.N. could wind up possibly sanctioning us or could they step in? I mean, what? Because, I mean, you're, you're making this you're, you're making this point, but we've done it. We've done it. And now we're trying to find families. And I understand that there's some families that they're just having a hard time finding the parents for. Do you think this could actually go to the U.N.? The U.N. could actually step in? You know, I never know how to predict the U.N. uh, Because there are people that are not the friends of the United States uh, that are in the U.N. But this is most certainly a stain on the United States worldwide. Uh, We want to be seen as the moral country that we really are, uh, that we uphold the rule of law. Uh, but we also honor people. I mean, we we begin our declaration. We're talking about we the people, that this is very important. Uh, we have this basic belief in humanity uh, as a nation that we've had for centuries now, that the value of each individual is important. And though we have really struggled as a country uh, over our two-and-a-half-year history, two-and-a-half-century history as a nation, we're getting better at recognizing the humanity of people, and this sets us back. Uh, so it, it's something that we've got to be able to recover, that we understand every child, every adult, I believe, is creating the image of God and has value and worth. Uh, but we've got to be able to figure out how to be able to balance law with balance the value of people. What do you want to see happen in Congress immediately as it relates to immigration? And also, do you think that to, to prevent it from looking like it's racial, do you believe that yeah. um, overstaying visas should be also part of the equation? Because you're not hearing about this. You know what? That, that's a great question on it because that, that is an issue that's been treated completely separate illegally and never check in at a port of entry. You're treated differently than a person that came in as a tourist for a week but then stayed 20 years. Uh, both of those are a violation of the law, but the law is different for each of those. I think we've got to clean that up uh, to be able to make sure that that's consistent no matter what country or place that you're coming from, uh, that we, we make the law the law and make it very clean and clear. We've got 
got to have more immigration judges. And it's something that some of my Democratic colleagues and I really agree on. There are 350 judges trying to cover the entire country. There's a backlog right now of 700,000 cases. And so people are waiting two years just to be able to get to an immigration court. That's way too long. Uh, we've got we've got a lot of people waiting in limbo in this process, and so we've got to be able to clean that up. And I think we need to fix Flores. It is an area where the president and I agree on that, that the issue really is Congress needs to step in and to be able to fix a really messed up process that is this old Flores decision. And until Congress fixes this, every single president will struggle with it. President Obama struggled with it, didn't like all the consequences. President Bush did. Uh, obviously, President Trump is taking a different direction than any other president has in the past. But the issue still is it's a problem with the Flores decision. Explain the Flores decision for our listeners. Sure. Yeah, In, in 1997, a, a federal court in California said that uh, you can't hold a child, a minor, uh, in a restrictive environment with their parents or in, at all more than 20 days if it's an immigration court. The problem is it takes 35 days just to do a hearing, get the paperwork, get the judges, get all the evidence together. So that means just to get to the hearing, you either have one of two choices. You've either got to release the families into the country and to say show up at a future court date, and by far most of those don't show up, or you have to separate the families uh, and say the adults go here and then the kids get released either to foster care or to some other family member in the country. But that usually takes about two months just to be able to transition them. So it's a mess on either direction. And it's something that every every past president has just said, okay, we'll just release the kids into the country. President Trump has said, we're not going to just release people that illegally came into the country. Uh, we're going to try to find some way to be able to detain them and uh, to be able to take them to the hearing as quickly as possible. But it's created this whole mess. But really, it's a result of this uh, court decision from California from 1997, that until we can get that fixed, every president's going to struggle with this. Are we as a nation prepared to realize that some of these kids that were, and and not as a nation, but the world, that some of these kids that were separated from their parents may never be reunified with their parents? And how do you feel personally about this whole situation? Oh, it's painful to be able to watch. You know, just as a dad or two daughters, uh, understanding a lot of these individuals came to the United States for some economic opportunity. Uh, most of them came here because they have family members already living in the United States, whether it's legal or illegal. They're trying to reconnect with other family members, or they have some economic opportunity to be able to come in the country. Uh, the folks that are coming in for asylum, the vast number of those individuals coming for asylum are coming to our normal ports of entry uh, because it's not illegal to request asylum, and you can do that at the port of entry. These are people that are coming between the ports of entry, trying to be able to cross our southern border uh, between the ports, and they're crossing illegally. So I have great compassion for those individuals and the difficult financial situation that they're in, uh, but also understand there's a better way to do this. I think people forget the United States still today has one of the most open immigration systems in the world. About 1.1 million people a year become citizens of the United States legally going through the process. And every single day, about half a million people cross the southern border legally. Uh, so there is this perception there's no way to be able to cross that border except for illegally. Half a million people do it every single day legally through the ports of entry, and a uh, little over a million people legally become citizens of the United States every single year. Uh, I just did a naturalization ceremony last uh, Friday or Friday a week ago. 
they're incredibly moving to see people from all over the world taking the oath to become American citizens, setting aside their old country and becoming full-on citizens of the United States. Uh, it's really moving to be able to see their face and their families and watch them wave an American flag and say, I'm finally an American. Uh, those are great opportunities we've got to have, uh, but we need to really prioritize how do we do that in a situation that's legal and appropriate uh, and that we honor people that are doing it the right way, but still don't dishonor and, and um, push down uh, people that are, are trying to do it the wrong way. Uh, instead, say to them, hey, do this the right way, and we'll be glad to be able to hear you. But what about the fact that we have to prepare ourselves? There might be some kids that will not be reunified with their parents. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, you asked me that question. I, I believe every child is going to be reunified from their parents. I actually spoke to the secretary of DHS, uh, Kirsten Nielsen, uh, just this weekend, and we talked about that specific issue. She assured me we know every single child and every single adult that they came with and where each of them are. We track it on every single level. And it's not something just the Trump administration is doing. These are career professionals that are at HHS and DHS that they're very careful to be able to track every single one of those. Part of the challenge she expressed to me is many of the children came not with their parents, uh, with an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, uh, someone else. And sometimes it's been very difficult to be able to tell, is that really a parent or is that someone that's trafficking that child that's just saying that they're a parent? If they're very young, they can't say. And sometimes when they're 13, 14, 15 years old, they've been instructed to say, that's my uncle, uh, but they're really someone that's trafficking them into the country. So those are very difficult things to be able to determine. We've got career professionals uh, that are trying to be able to make that determination. But I feel confident uh, from asking the questions of the 2,300 families that have been separated since early May that there is a tracking on every single one of those, and we'll be able to reunify those that are actual families getting back together. And Senator Lankford, I want to ask you this last question. Um, I said I said the last ones were the last two, but this is such a big issue. Um, and I'm sorry. The, there's an economic component to this that could hurt the nation. Um, yes, ma'am. If you talk about getting rid of of immigrants, making it illegal to come to the southern border, if the president is successful about this, it's going to impact our economy because prices of anything will go up because a lot of our economy economy depends on these workers coming these these immigrant workers who are not paid uh the minimum wage am i correct well i would like to see individuals that are here working do get paid at least minimum wage i don't like it uh when there are individuals that are illegally coming into the country and they're undercutting other americans uh, and make it tougher. But you you are correct in that our economy is in a very unusual spot that we've not been in in decades. The economy over the past year has started growing at a rate that we've not seen in a long time. There are literally more job openings in America right now than there are people to be able to fill those jobs. And so we have a lot of people that have had a hard time getting a job. Now they're finding those opportunities. Uh, so that, that means... Uh, people that are, for instance, that had a felony in the background, that they had a really hard time getting a job because of the felony background, there are a lot of places saying, hey, I'm having a hard time hiring anyone. I'm willing to hire people with a tougher background on it. But that also means we've got to be able to reach out to some people, maybe in other countries, with visas and other legal processes to be able to see if we can't get some additional work here. Well, one thing I can mention on this as well, Pre- President Obama saw some of these same issues, and, and uh, Vice President Biden had an initiative that they pushed really hard called the Alliance for Prosperity. It's working with Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador and trying to help their economy. And what President Obama saw and what Vice President Biden saw is if we don't help 
Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador become more stable, less corrupt, and have greater economic opportunity, individuals from those three countries are going to keep coming to the United States to try to get economic prosperity and economic opportunity instead of getting it home. Uh, so the last year of the Obama administration, almost $700 million was dedicated uh, federal tax dollars uh, to Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador to be able to help them. Congress has also implemented that the last two years. About $600 million has been dedicated each year the last two years, and we're going to do that again this year as well. Uh, we don't deal with illegal immigration until we deal with some of the issues that are pushing people out of Central America and that they don't have a lot of economic opportunity. If we can help them stabilize, it not only helps our country, but it helps the whole hemisphere. Senator Langford, thank you so much for your truth and your honesty and your compassion. I so appreciate you. I appreciate that very much. We, we should treat people with dignity and respect. It is the right thing to do. Even when we disagree and even when someone breaks the law, we still should treat them with dignity and respect through the process. Thank you, Senator Langford, for joining us this week for On the Record. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.